Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Moving to Orlando show, coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, real estate agent Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by real estate agent Sean Falk. Hello. And not real estate agent Corey Fiasconaro. Welcome. And uh, before we get into this week's show, just a couple things. If you are interested in buying a home here in Orlando, need some advice, need some guidance, want somebody to take you around, just reach out to Sean, S-E-A-N, at movingtoorlando.com. You can also send an email to admin at movingtoorlando.com as well. Um, And uh, uh, also our Facebook group. We have an amazing group of folks who are planning to move here or have already moved here and answer, asking and answering lots of questions. Over 11,000 people in that group right now. It's a really wonderful group. The links to all this stuff in the show notes just below this video if you are watching us on YouTube. And I should mention, uh, if you're watching us on the Diz Unplugged YouTube channel, that's awesome. We, we love to have you. Uh, but I also want to make sure you know that we have a separate channel just for moving to Orlando content. It's youtube.com slash moving to Orlando. And um, these shows go up on that channel as well. But also, uh, we're putting up content that is unique and specific, especially a lot of our home tours. People are really enjoying the home tours that we're doing. So please head over there, youtube.com slash moving to Orlando. And uh, check out that and subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, This week, folks, we're going to talk about um, five reasons why you should move to Disney World. Of course, we're all huge Disney fans in this room, as is evidenced by the shows and websites that we have produced and created over the last 23 years now. Um, So for those of you finding us on YouTube, that are not aware of any of that, um, head over to Diz Unplugged, uh, youtube.com slash Diz Unplugged. You'll see all of our, our videos. If you're watching us on uh, Diz Unplugged, if you already know about all that stuff but may not be aware that we also have a YouTube channel dedicated to moving to Orlando, youtube.com slash moving to Orlando, please subscribe to that. Um, but uh, we'll have links to everything in the description below this. But uh, I had put an article up on movingtoorlando.com a few weeks ago um, that uh, talked about this, talked about five reasons to move uh, or, or why you should move to Orlando um, as a Disney fan, clearly. Um, number one for me is no more making dining reservations six months in advance. You know, when we, we, we talk about this a lot. That, you know, a big thing for Disney fans is, uh, you know, the planning process of coming to Orlando, planning their vacation. Well, when you live here, you don't plan your vacation here like that. It's now become a part of your your your, your life. It's become a part of your routine. Um, and there is nothing better for me than just opening up my Disney experience. Like, man, what's available tonight? You know? And the opportunities, the number of times... I was able to grab Le Cellier, the number of times I was able to grab Be Our Guest for dinner, um, just because, you know, I, I happen to go check California Grill. Um, 
things that, you know, you had the reservations you had to plan mm-hmm. yeah. six months in advance. Now, oh, you know, oh, look, Le Cellier is available. Let's go pop over there, over to Epcot and have dinner tonight. And think about your local restaurants, wherever you're from, and you have your favorites and you're like, you know, want to go grab a bite to eat here tonight? Oh, so-and-so wants to meet over here. Now it's changed to, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat at Magic Kingdom. Let's go to Jungle Skipper Canteen. Like stuff like that, that you would, like Pete mentioned, have to plan for a vacation months in advance. And a lot of times, like when you plan some of these hard-to-get dining reservations for a vacation in advance, you might find that you kind of change your mind later on. Like you might feel like, oh, I, I booked this Ohana reservation for a Magic Kingdom day this Saturday, the 24th or whatever. But as time progresses, you change it, you change your mind. You're like, or maybe you, you're able to find a fast pass for flight of passage on that day. And you're like, oh, I need to change my day up, but I already booked this Ohana reservation. Now it's just like, much more wing it on the fly, what you feel in the moment, and it's it's really nice. I will say the one that's hard, you know, the one reservation that is harder to get at last minute is Ohana. Yeah. Um, like I've seen California Grill show up, mm. be our guest, Lasalle, some of the other ones, but Ohana that that's a that's a tougher one. I'm always surprised when I see that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, th- I think the toughest one to get as a local is. Uh, um, homecoming. I think it's just, it's always very difficult really? to find a reservation there. And for me, I never am able to get one and they're, they're always unavailable. So I, I don't get to go there as often as I'd like. Cause I, I it's always tough to get one. Um, but I mean, to me as a Disney fan, it's not so much about, I'm open to what restaurant I'm going to go to. I'm not set most of the time. And cause I mean, the ones that tend to book out of the ones like, you know, Cinderella's Royal Table or anything like that where you're really not going for the food, you're going for the experience. And that's something I would do on a vacation if I had kids and all that, but I'm not going – no one's going for the food. And it's gives you the opportunity to try things that you wouldn't usually try and feel comfortable with it. Like, oh, you know, every year on my vacation down, we have, you know, how many ever days, like my family, we always just did one day in each park. That's all we had time for. And for one, like if we're in animal kingdom, we either wanted, we needed all day to do, you know, lines for expedition Everest. It wasn't there at the time, but now flight of passage and you need a good chunk of your day. So we would have never sat at a restaurant like Tiffin's. We would have never done something like that because Animal Kingdom Day, we didn't have time. And just, you know, we need to get to Lion, Festival of the Lion King at a specific time. And we got to be there an hour early and get in line and all that. And uh, so we'd just get stuff on the go. And we'd usually end up at like Pete Safari. We might end up at Yak and Yeti <sighs> if we'd had time to sit down somewhere. But there's not a lot of options. And now it's a thing of like, I can pop over, do Flight of Passage, and I can leave and go to Sanaa. That's, we would have never. We didn't even know it existed before I moved here. So it gives you opportunities to try different restaurants and also to try different entrees. I mean, people have their favorite that they always, you know, when I go to California Grill, I like the pork two ways. That's my favorite. But now that I get to go to California Grill often, I've gotten to try other things. Whereas usually every year I came back, I would have been like, I have to get this same dish again and again because I don't want to risk having something I don't like at my favorite restaurant. And to that point, like, I feel like when you're here on vacation, you kind of get FOMO 
And mm. it's like, I must get right. flight of passage or else like my vacations less than I, I must go to my favorite restaurants. I must get these reservations or my vacation is going to be less than. But when you're living here, it's not like that. Like mm. when I'm planning an animal kingdom day for next week and there's no, I don't expect there to be a fast pass for flight of passage. It's no big deal. Like, mm. and for restaurants, when I went here on vacation, I, I felt like I needed to do the same things every time. And every time I like thought of maybe trying something different, I'm like, but not going to Jungle Skipper on my Magic Kingdom day, like that mm-hmm. just, it doesn't make sense to me. Now it's like I can branch out, try all the different restaurants and not fear of missing out because you're you're next door. So Yeah. A big one for me is, you know, I have really found, I love restaurant Marrakesh. That's one of my favorite restaurants. And I really, yeah, much to I, my chagrin. Yeah. I really, so I really like restaurant Marrakesh and I never would have thought that I like, like, that type of food i it's nothing i would have ever tried it's not because you always see um you know food from north africa or the middle east or anything like that and it's usually in these hole in the wall kind of restaurants there's really not a chain of indian restaurants or not a chain of like you know middle eastern cuisine and they're locally owned kind of things i would never stop in and eat at one because that's just not i go for what i know that feels a little more comfortable but getting to try that at disney and getting to try foods like sanaa and all that has caused me to branch out a little bit where i'm more comfortable with that and have started looking into other restaurants that offer those types of foods and found even better options actually but they uh but you know it was a good starter location to branch out all right. Uh, reason number two, for me anyway, I think this is for a lot of people. Disney Cruise Line is only an hour away, and you get Florida resident rates. And those Florida resident rates can be really good, um, depending on the sailing, depending on the time of year. Um, I've seen, you know, we just did a Florida resident rate. We had two balcony staterooms uh, on the Dream. For a four night, and I want to say grand total for both rooms out the door was like thirty eight hundred bucks. So, had I paid, you know, the the prevailing rate, uh, it would have been a bit more expensive on two rooms, yeah, uh, especially on two rooms. So, I probably would have paid that for one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to keep checking. You know, on the Diz, we do publish weekly what. Uh, discounts are available. Uh, we'll have a link to that in this as well. But, um, you know, now granted, I mean, our situation's a little different. We work for ourselves. So um, we're able to mm-hmm. to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to take a long weekend or we're going to do a four-nighter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, have just having that accessibility. Mm-hmm. Again, think about, you know, we talk about the planning for Mm-hmm. You know, a Disney vacation, you know, and, and same kind of applies for cruise line. You're going to have to deal with the flights in. You're going to have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, how you're getting to the port. Where are you staying the night before? Are you going to stay after? Are you going to go to the parks? All this stuff. Whereas, like, for me, a Disney cruise line out of Port Canaveral, that experience is, oh, look, there's a good rate. Yep. Let's, what do we say? We head out. Yeah, same. I, uh, I, I cruise often and I, I 
love it. I my first cruise was back when I was living in Tennessee, so I do the whole thing of flying down, catching the bus, getting moved, transferred over, trying to. I mean, I was pretty nervous because like the the airport obviously is only going to do the the shuttle service from from MCO over to Port Canaveral the morning of the cruise. So we felt the need to be a, to fly out that morning and where we lived was two hours from the closest airport. So we, our day started at like two or three o'clock in the morning, getting up, getting our stuff together, driving to Nashville, waiting on our flight to get there two hours early and then flying. And by the time we got to Orlando, we were exhausted. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we've been up since 2 AM and we're just now getting to this bus to get over to the port. And it was our first cruise. So like we had the adrenaline and the excitement and everything. And so it worked out. But now at this point, I'm really glad that I just know I got a cruise tomorrow. I'm going to wake up about, I mean, I'm more comfortable with it now. I'll wake up about nine, make my way over around noon, one o'clock. We got cash. I'm, I'm the last one onto the ship. So I, that's my, my plan there. Um, park at the port, park off site. Doesn't really matter. Whenever you get off the ship, you're just free to go about your life. And for other people, they have to like get back to the airport or get over to the parks. Cause they got to start their, their land portion of it. And you know, it's just, chaotic. yeah, it is. It is pretty cool after a cruise, you know, you get off the ship when you feel like it, and mm-hmm. an hour later you're home. Yeah, um, and yeah, that it's it's just it's a it's a nice perk of living here. Mm-hmm. It's a nice perk of living here. Um, number three on the list: staycations. Just because I moved here doesn't mean I don't like to spend time in the resorts. As a matter of fact, just was at Bay Lake Tower, um, and it's also why I. You know, I, I live here and I bought Disney Vacation Club, right? So I have those points. I'm not spending cash. I mean, I am spending cash, but it's a little different. It's the difference between renting and owning. Um, and being able to take some points and go stay at the resorts. And again, not have it be a thing. Yeah. And it happens almost every time when I'm going to stay at the resorts. And it happened when I traveled here, too. I forgot something. I forgot to bring a charger. I forgot to bring this. I forgot to bring that. Except now, instead of racing around trying to find someplace local uh, to buy it, I can just run back to the house, grab it, and bring it back with me. Mm -hmm. And still be kind of wrapped in that Disney experience. Still, you know, have that experience but not have to go through all the tra- like I said I love to travel I just hate the process of getting there um so this I kind of get to have that experience mm-hmm. of traveling but without all the hassle that goes into it and for me it's like th- so there are things that are better about Disney World for coming on a vacation and there's things that are better if you're a local uh, I think the th- the things that are better if you're a local far outweigh uh, any cons, but one of them I would say is you kind of ditch that anticipation and excitement of the planning process. Uh, and for me, the staycation, I own DVC in the staycations that I do, uh, that that allows me to still have that. I get to plan little weekend staycations, a uh, few nights at the DVC resorts, plan out my fast passes, plan out my dining, and then re-enter that little Disney vacation bubble. 
Because when you're here as a local, it's like you're going to the parks for the day, grabbing dinner there maybe, and then you go home at the end of the night, and then you go back to your regular life of doing work, doing errands, all that sorts of stuff that go to you know, just living. Uh, whereas when you're on vacation, it's like usually for most people for that period of time you're here, you're just in that Disney bubble. Um, and staycations absolutely bring that part of the magic back for me. Maybe I'm, I might be missing out on it. I have not done a staycation technically. Um, I have stayed at the, it has, Oh, I'll do like one night and only because of like working with the Diz. Like we might have a night that we're able to stay in a room. I've never gone rogue and done that on my own. I have a house that's like 15 minutes away. So like even from using DVC points, I own it Alani and I'm only using it at Alani Vera beach and Hilton head. I have no, it's not that I have no interest. I just don't want, it just doesn't feel like a good use of my points. I bought a house, like I'm living in it. So okay, that's but, my, that's my thing with it. So, okay. Last August, mm-hmm. the, uh, dreams 20th mm-hmm. anniversary. I used my points to get that cabin right at Copper Creek. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's not, it was amazing. I just, I live here. I don't. I, I, it's still. It's nice to be on site. I think it's really, really cool to be on site. I will say, I've enjoyed getting to try some of the different resorts that I've never even been in before. I moved here, I had never stayed really at a deluxe resort. I had done Riverside, and we liked Riverside, so we would always just book Riverside. And it really has opened me up for giving advice to people on great places to stay. I love popping in to do certain experiences, like Wanyama Safari, or eating at certain restaurants, or anything. I just don't feel the need to do it. I I know there's a lot of people who do, and that's great. I just don't think it's for me. Oh, I I love it. And I'm going to tell you, I think the cabins... At Copper Creek are the best accommodations at Disney World. They're beautiful. They are absolutely stunning. And it does such a great job of capturing that. I will say the one place that I do feel like it is, you know, that I would do is like the campgrounds or like Fort Wilderness campgrounds. Because that's such a different experience to either go camping or stay in the cabins. It's very outside of you know, the norm of what, of what I would do, but I, you know, I love the resorts. I love going to the resorts, but I, but I will say I do new years. That's huge for me with living here. New years and going to Epcot is like, that's the day that I will actually go out of pocket by a night. And it's mostly because I need somewhere to stay, but that's uh, so I want something right at the Epcot resort. And that's my, that's my one night out of the year that I really stay on property. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number four. Um, no more waiting to experience the newest ride, show, attraction, restaurant, hotel, you name it. Um, the worst time for a Disney fan is the period between the time something new and exciting opens and your next vacation. Yeah. So people felt this when uh, uh, Pandora mm-hmm. opened especially with all the reports of uh, flights of passage and how amazing it was. Same thing with Gal- Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and uh, the, uh, the, uh, um, Rise, of the Ra- Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Everybody, like, can't wait, I can't wait. And look what they went through, right? Look at the weights that, they, that you had to endure when you finally did come down on vacation to experience those things. You had, to, you had these incredible wait times. Um, living here... 
means you don't have to wait. So, you know, uh, Riviera, Riviera opened up new resort, not mm-hmm. doesn't happen every day, new DVC resort. Um, but a new resort, we were there the first day. Um, when Pandora opened, when Galaxy's Edge opened, I personally wasn't there because it's too crazy. Again, I don't have to. I don't have to show up. I can wait for the crazy to die down um, and then go and do it because I live here. I live here. I can go have those experiences. Um, and that is a huge plus for a Disney fan. Yeah, I mean, I living am, in Orlando. I'm an enormous Toy Story, Pixar fan. Those are probably like my favorite Disney movies. Um, and when Toy Story Land was going to open, I planned a vacation to come down here for that. So you got to think. So I want to come visit this new land that's opening up with two new attractions. And I need to plan a vacation, several thousand dollars to visit this new land. Um, opposed to being a local when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, I just I just go. And it's, it's there. I, I'm 10 minutes away. I think that it's, uh, for me, a lot of it comes down to like rides being open versus not being open. I know the first few times I came to Disney World, um, Expedition Everest had just opened up the first time I came down. We didn't really know what to expect. We were Disneyland people. So like we thought it was similar to the Matterhorn, weren't really sure. And um, so we showed up, the ride was broke down the day we did animal kingdom and we didn't have park hopper passes or anything. And literally the ride was down the entire day. So we missed it. And then the next time I came back to Disney world, which was like a couple years later in like 2008 or 2009, it was broken down again the day we came. And so I did not get to do expedition Everest until I moved here and actually lived here because every time I came, it just happened to fall in this, this phase where it was broken down and rise of the resistance is a great example of that because you know, so many people, if the the ride was breaking down a lot, especially whenever it first started. And if you had um, a number to come back and get in and they never got to your number, your option was come back tomorrow and you'll be one of the you'll get a, a lower number and be able to do it again. But you may not have tomorrow. That's the thing. You may not have tomorrow on your trip. You may not have tomorrow to to use a whole day of a pass to get into Hollywood Studios and you had other plans. And this allows you to just be like, cool, I'll come back tomorrow. That's no problem. And do what I need to do. Right. Um, finally, uh, and, you know, something Kevin Close, uh, our colleague and a part of the Diz Unplugged uh, roundtable. Um, something he pointed out a while ago that really struck me and stayed with me. Epcot has become our central park. It's where we go to hang. It's like where you can go and just chill. Uh, you don't have to go on anything. You don't have to go on a ride. Um, you, you know, especially now, the quick service options around World Showcase alone Easily, not, and we're not even talking about during one of the festivals. Although right now it just seems like it's always every day is a festival. Yeah. Um. But, but even then, like being able to walk around, grab a bite to eat, hang out, people watch, chill out, do a little shopping if you want, hang around for the fireworks. That's just now a thing. It's like not a th- and, and again, you have a lot of people that just decide to do that on a whim. 
And those are the moments mm-hmm. after you've moved down here and you've been here for a little while, everybody has the experience at some point where they're doing something like that. And in the middle of it, they realize, oh my God, I just randomly decided to come mm-hmm. hang out in Epcot and this is my life now. Yeah. Every Disney fan has that moment when they move here. Every one of them. And yeah. I'm sure when you're mm-hmm. back home wherever you are right now and you're like just thinking about your next trip, you probably have conversations with the people who travel with you anyways being like, wouldn't it be just so – don't you wish you were just in Epcot right now? Like just walk around for the day. And like I remember me and Haley used to have the conversations about like if we could teleport ourselves one place, like one place in the world you could teleport yourself and then teleport back, Epcot was the place. And I, I'm sure you have conversations like that too, but when you're living here, that's your reality. Like 10 minutes down the street, Epcot's there, mosey around, grab lunch, just enjoy the atmosphere. No pressure to make sure you get on test track, nothing like that. Just, it's the best. Yeah, uh, it's. I love doing that. I love getting to try the new the new foods, the new meal options, especially even at the at the festivals. You usually you have one day. A lot of people will take two days out of their their trip to do flower and garden or you know food and wine. And now it is a thing of like, okay, we're gonna pop in and we're gonna try this section of booths, and then you know another day you might come back and try a different section that you you thought you would. Whereas you don't have to spend your entire day just trying to hit up as many of these food booths as you want. And Epcot, I mean, Disney's aware of that just because Epcot's the only park that has the annual pass option that's Epcot after four. And you can get an annual pass that only gets you into Epcot and it only lets you in after 4 p.m. Because so many people get off work and they are like, let's go meet friends the same way you might meet at a bar or you might meet somewhere to hang out. They're like, let's meet at Epcot. We'll go there. And it's very commonplace for that to happen. And I mean, it gives you three or four hours in the park and that's enough time whenever you're walking around world showcase or you get to try something new. I, I know after I first moved here, um, a couple of my friends that I'd met here and we were living here, um, several of them had never done the, the old, the O Canada show that used to be there that has now changed. Um, but like we did it and they were like, Oh my God, I've never done this. And they had the time to do it. I mean, they thought it sucked, but like, they still were like, they had the oh, time to do no, it. They didn't I like love it. Canada. Um, we came out and they were like, that was awful, but they didn't feel like they wasted their time out of their busy vacation to, in order to do it. And that's what's comfortable at that point where you're like no loss whereas previously you might be upset as a family if you're like god i gotta wait in line because you have a teenager and they gotta wait in line because the younger one wants to meet characters and the older ones want to go do test track and all that stuff you're not under that pressure of like okay well which kid's getting what they want because today can be for this and tomorrow can be for that so yeah i am uh i i and you you mentioned the Epcot after four pass, and I know somebody on our moving to Orlando Facebook group had asked, you know, is that really a thing? Do like people really do that? Oh yeah. And a yes, they do. But b if they didn't, Disney wouldn't offer it. Disney would have pulled it by now. That's been there for as long as I can remember. That yeah. Epcot after four, and that's a big, you know, because you've got a lot of locals that aren't huge Disney fans necessarily. They don't mind Disney, but you know, they're not us, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah. not like crazy. Um, but they like Epcot. Mm-hmm. They like Epcot. They like those restaurants. They like the festivals. 
and stuff like that. So that was created specifically for for that audience. So, yeah. and for a lot of people, I mean, they want to go see some of the concert series that happen. They, you know, there's like, I mean, their names. Like, if you want to go see, like, well, you know, they were like Taylor Dane or something. Like, you can oh. go see, you can go see Taylor Dane after four. Like, that's the thing, and it is neat to be like, okay, I can pop in for this like quick concert of like smash mouth or something yeah, and then i'm done and then that's it for your day and then you go home and you're in your you can ho- go home and have dinner it's, or something after really, you went to the taylor dane concert you so know, the, the name for those concerts really should be oh how the mighty have fallen maybe, um, yeah. uh ser- concert series um but no it is cool because you do get i rarely go and do that yeah um the one i wanted to do was taylor dane we weren't here um but you know, I, I, cause I love Taylor Dane. Oh my God. Loved her. I listened to her like crazy in the nineties. Um, eighties and nineties, right? Yeah. Late eighties, early nineties. And then she decided to start a family. Like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, it's what happens. But anyway, you do get those experiences mm-hmm. and also even over at universal, mm-hmm. um, you know, yep. they tend to bring in actually when universal does their, concerts they tend to get oh they get good people some bigger names yeah i go to all those not all of them but because there's some that i'm like no but they uh but i go to a lot of those i've seen kelly clark's in there yeah. i've seen jesse J there like there's some way bigger names and then even of some of the older names there's still bigger names like olivia newton john and stuff to me is more famous well i mean than they Taylor had Dane, but they like, had diana ross at one point right and yeah. i don't care how much time elapses it's diana ross yeah um so they definitely have – it seems like Universal definitely has a somewhat higher caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also those concerts are a madhouse. They're packed, yeah. Packed. Disney has actual seating and everything for this, and they let in a specific amount of people. Universal, it's just a free-for-all in front of that stage at Rock and Rollico- or Yeah, yeah. Rocket. Is it? A rip Ride Rocket. Rip Ride Rocket. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Park. Yeah. So I was like, I know it's not that. But um, yeah, in front of Rip Ride Rocket. So, but I mean, you get to do both. And actually, it's off topic from Disney. But being living here has, I had never been to Universal before I lived here. I had done the one in Hollywood, but which is not good if you've ever been. But um, yeah, the, it really uh, isn't. But because uh, that's why I never did it, because I'd been to that one. And I was like, that park really wasn't that great. But when I came here, I was like, wow, Universal is amazing here. And I've done SeaWorld. I've done Busch Gardens and all these things I never would have taken the time to do. Completely unrelated. But just to follow on that Universal Studios Hollywood, yeah, as a the park itself – does not match up to ours mm, yeah. at all. But, but the they have tour. the backlot tour yeah. that is an actual backlot tour because you are actually going through the real Universal Studios backlot. Oh, yeah. As opposed to when they open Universal Studios here in the early days and they would do the backlot tour, all you did was drive out, drive around the outside of the, the big sound stages that they had. Oh, we're going to be filming this here, and that's in production there. So you're looking at the, at the outside of yeah. it. So, but all right, that's way off topic. But all right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Moving to Orlando show. Have a great week, folks. <laughs>